Online Crossroads fam, welcome or welcome back to our midweek service. Uh, excited about this direction, the hard talks. Uh, it's, sometimes it's just difficult to talk to your kids about stuff. Uh, as a youth pastor, I don't seem to have any trouble. Uh, I'm a very blunt youth minister. I don't candy coat anything. I'm old school. I've been doing this for close to 30 years. So, you know, they ain't no, I ain't going to pat you on the back. But I'll let you know uh, if what you're doing is not right and why it's not right. Not opinion-based, by the Word of God-based. And this series, that's what it's about. Uh, we've invited the parents. Like I said last time, we've invited the parents to be a part of this uh, so that they would hear how we are approaching these topics. But also, it, it would give families good talking points. Um, I think a lot of times it's easier as a parent if you hear someone else say it and that kid has heard it too, and you say, you remember when I said this? So maybe that's something that's going to happen through this. Uh, the the topic we hit on this uh, podcast, on this study that we did, the midweek series, was uh, is one of the newest crazes that's been going around. It's been around for a while, uh, but we're starting to see more and more of it. And it's vaping, uh, something that supposedly started out being a healthy alternative to smoking. And we're finding now, 10 years after it became commercialized in the United States, that folks are dying from this. Much like cigarettes from the days gone by, um, people didn't realize what it was going to do to people, how it would affect people in years to come, or maybe they realized it and just thought the profit was worth it. Whatever the case may be, we're trying to hit vaping in the face and help our students understand that trends that come around, we don't need to get into them just because everyone else is, because we don't know how it's going to affect us in years to come. So thank you for being a part of the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. We'd love for you to be a part of the Crossroads family here on the podcast. Uh, Go to our social media. Uh, You can check out the website at WEBC. Nope, that's wrong. KennyCrossroads.com. And uh, on there, it's got the links to my social media. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Give me some ideas about things you would like for us to talk about. And uh, hopefully something you hear will give you some direction, maybe help you out as well. So as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads. So August the 30th, day before my birthday, happy birthday, Eve. We're playing Silicaga, and one of the football players said, hey, bro, kid, throw me football. And so I threw a football. I've thrown 17 billion footballs, but as I threw that one, I messed a ligament up in my elbow. Uh, stretched it, popped part of it, whatever you want to say. Recovering from that, last Friday, uh, I had a new one. Uh, I stretched really, really hard and took a real deep breath, and I dislocated a rib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was laying there, and I was watching a movie, and it was so good. I was like, man, this feels so good. And it popped about that loud. I went, hey, oh, mm, nope. I will not receive this. No, I am, uh-uh, mm-mm. And I tried to sit up. And you don't realize how much you use this part of your body to do anything. And so that happened Monday. Uh, excuse me, Friday. Monday, we're moving tables, plastic tables, mind you. <laughs> plastic tables that weigh about 25 or 30 pounds. I used to pick up, I used to get bench press over 400 pounds. I squatted over 600 pounds. I pressed 315 pounds over my head three times. I used to be strong, right? 30 pound table. No, I ain't nothing. Only thing strong about me now is my breath, man. 30 pound table. I got one in this hand. I go, skagoon. I do, skagook. I tore a ligament in my hand. It connects your finger. I can't shoot a bird. So there's one positive. 
There's one positive. So uh, pray for your broken down youth pastor. Life has just been crazy. Folks are like, bless him, Jesus. Or take him now. I don't know which way to go. But anyway, uh, we will survive. I'm learning how to pick my nose with my right hand, so everything's good. Um, Tonight, we're hitting another one of those hard topics. And again, the reason that we're doing this and we've asked our parents to come, it's not because we don't feel parents are doing the right job. We don't feel, it's not that we don't feel like you're you are addressing these topics, but as a child and, and as an adult looking back, I can remember when my parents would tell me things, I thought it was just because they were old. Uh, you just don't want me to have any fun or you're just saying that because I'm your child. And so what we're wanting you to understand is that that's not necessarily the truth. Some of that's true. You know, we tell you when you do some things, we go, oh, that's okay. And then we get together when you go to bed and go, I can't believe that knucklehead did that. You know, that's what we as parents do. But you go, you'll do it one day as a parent too. But what we're wanting to do is to explain to you some of these difficult topics, some of these things that you're facing and the reason that your parents might respond the way that they do. And then what God says about these topics. The topic we're going to talk about tonight is one of the newest trends. And it's something that you need to understand that trends are things that are targeted towards teenage people. Um, If you look back through history, when you see a movement start, it starts with the teenage people. It's usually the college age, 18 through 20. Uh, Pastor Louis Giglio at Passion City Church, he started a ministry years ago and it was just called Passion. And it was when college students would come together and it was an incredible ministry, still is an incredible ministry. But they asked him, they said, why did you target this? He said, a wave begins in the college age. And he says that wave grows and it covers everyone because those college people get linked into it. Most trends that have started throughout history started with that college age. But what we're noticing now, excuse me, now more than ever, is the college age is the same age, but the trends that are hitting them are trickling down into the younger ages. What we're seeing now is, and we've joked about this for years, but as a former athlete, I'm looking at athletes in high school now that are what we would consider to be college athletes when I was playing because the things you do athletically now, we had no ability to do. There wasn't the training. What, what you're doing now is what college people were doing when we were in school. And so as that has changed, so has the mentality of our high school age, even down to our junior high age. The thought of wait until you get to college is no longer there. The things that are pouring into our colleges are coming back and pouring into our general society here. And that's the way trends are. And it's not that you're being used, but you're being used because companies go, you know what, we need to make some money. Why don't we create fill in the blank? And here's our target audience. When MTV came out a thousand years ago, there used to be this channel called MTV and it played videos. It was music television. I don't have any idea what it is now. She, oh my gosh, she's got an MTV sticker on her phone. Sam, I'm sorry, man. Your mom's got an MTV sticker on her phone. So anyway, they would target teenagers because they knew the teenagers were listening to that music. That was what was going to draw. All the artists would want their videos played on there because they knew that teenagers were going to be watching it and they were going to bug their parents so the parents finally gave in, gave them money, and they would buy the things. But you quickly found out that the tobacco companies, the alcohol companies, were the biggest supporters of this new station called MTV because they knew 
that with product placement on these TV shows, that teenagers would see that and that would be a thing that they would go to as well. Trends are the same way. They're targeted towards teenage people. How many of you have ever ridden a bicycle? Bo has never ridden a bicycle. Bo, come come on. Motorcycle? All right, so those of you that have ridden a bicycle, how many of you popped a wheelie? Get them up high. Popped a wheelie. Not that you rode it for a long time, but you popped a wheelie. How many of you ever jumped your bicycle? How many of you, in the middle of the jump, you went, oh, crap? (laughs) That's kind of how trends are. Because you don't really think necessarily about what the outcome is going to be when you get started. You're just excited to be a part of it. We had some neighbors across the street when I was a kid, and they had a a teenage guy, and I was just a little kid, or a young kid, I was never little, but he was jumping his bicycle over a dirt pile, and I was like, I'm going to do that. And so I got my bicycle, my little fat legs, just pedaling fast. Y'all know when you pedal fast, your head do that, right? "Ah." So I'm just getting it. And I hit that pile of dirt, and I went sore, and I was like, (laughs) and man, bicycle parts and Kenny parts went everywhere. It was the most horrible, disgusting, just, oh, broke up, toe up, just awful. Pick gravel out of your face kind of wreck. And I never will forget getting home and my father looking at me and with the compassion my father had, good Lord, son, what were you thinking? And my mom and the compassion she had, well, obviously he wasn't thinking, Kendall. (laughs) Pretty much true. I saw Alvin do it. He's not a chipmunk. It was the guy's name. I saw Alvin do it, so I thought I could do it. Not thinking about the other side that I'm going to have to land, and I want to land and not die. That's how trends are. Trends come, and you jump into them. Man, this is going to be awesome. And then before long, it's too late. You're in the middle of the air, and you don't know how to land. I'm laughing so hard at these guys that are trying their best to be so cool and go and get mullets cut. (laughs) again this is not a spiritual discussion but no 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 I was there when it first happened it stopped for a reason but these guys are like man we're gonna mud man it's gonna be awesome man 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 and I had one of them come up to me and sit down beside me he was like what's up brother Kenny I said hey he said what you think about my haircut Stupid as you are. <laughs> he was like, what? And I said, you dumb enough to do something like that? Get ready for it, son. I'm going to bag on you. Why, why did you do that? Cause. <sighs> you in the middle of the air. You don't know how to land. You got this side shaved. You're like, oh, crap. Might as well go on and do the rest of it. These trends that look so appealing to us, and we jump in the middle of it before long, we don't know what's happened. One of the newest trends that's been going around, it's been popular in the United States for about 10 years, is vaping. And it's one of these things that I don't know hardly anything about it because in my teenage years, it wasn't around. But I got behind a car a couple of weeks ago, and I honestly grabbed my phone and had 9-1 and was about to get on the other one and and call somebody because the car in front of me was on fire. There was so much smoke everywhere in the car and I was like man I'm gonna have to go be Superman go break in the window and pull him out probably break something else on Kenny but I'm gonna save whoever's in this car and about that time they rolled down the window and it's like a y'all don't know nothing about Cheech and Chong it's like a Cheech and Chong movie (laughs) yeah so anyway smoke boiling going everywhere and I was like oh my gosh they're gonna die and I I done 
pulled my mercy brake up. I done knocked it out of gear. I grabbed the door handle, about to get out of my Jeep, and they pulled off. And I was like, oh, they're... And then the smoke went away, and I saw them holding something that I don't know what it was. Fire extinguisher, maybe? I don't know. But they had this big old box in their hand. And I was like, oh, that's what that is. I got behind a car in Alabaster two weeks ago. Just left the hospital. Not for me this time, but I left the hospital. And as I pull out on 31, there's this pink smoke boiling out. And I was like, what? So I call one of my friends that's in youth ministry, and he's young. So he knows these things. He's like, bruh, I got to ask you a question. He's like, what? Vaping. Don't do it, Kenny. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right, good talk. No, 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 no. I got a question. Does it come in different smokes? He's like, what are you talking about? I, said, I just got behind. It was like cotton candy pouring out of their car. But it just kept floating. He says different flavors, different colors, different blah, 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 blah. And he goes through a litany of things that has been added to vaping now. But 10 years ago when it was invented or when it became popular, it wasn't invented 10 years ago. It's been going around for over 100 years almost. But when it first became popular in the United States, it was considered to be a safe alternative to smoking. And after 10 years of people doing this, we're starting to see more and more people develop illnesses from this. And so in a 10-year period, we've gone from what is supposed to be safe and becoming a trend to something that is taking people's lives. Again, a trend that people jumped into because they were told one thing, and in the midst of being in the middle of the air, they find out that landing is going to be incredibly hard. These trends... These reasons, how does something like that get started? How does something like that become so popular? Well, I'm glad you asked. It says that 1.5 of all Americans use an E... I can't hardly say the word cigarette because of what it did to my family. So I'm going to say smoke, all right? Uh, one, one, out of, one out of five Americans uh, use an E-smoke at least once a day. Over $2.35 billion has been spent in America alone on vaping products. September the 17th of this year, the seventh vape-related death was reported, with 450 people diagnosed with vape-related illnesses. It says those hospitalized, mostly young and healthy, but they were admitted, and it began with them having a fever, fever, having nausea, it escalated to coughing, chest pains, shortness of breath. It says amongst the, five, uh, the first five reported deaths had all vaped either weed, nicotine, or a combination of the two in the previous 30 days. So a month before they had passed away, they had been using the e-smoke. And it says, um, no, that's all I said about that. So how does something like this start? And it's one of those things that I need you to understand that the things that are popular today, when I was a kid, it wasn't popular, but we had our own stupid things that we did. There was something, uh, I don't think none of y'all even know about that. There was something when I was in school called Rush. Anybody? Okay, okay, all right. So Rush, this guy walks in and his face is beet red. And I'm just looking at him like, Man, what's wrong with you? He said, nothing, man. I said, what are you doing? He said, reached in his pocket and he pulled out this little brown bottle with a red top. It was about that big. I said, what is that? He said, rush. <laughs> I guess that's the cool way to say it, rush. 
I said, what is it? He said, smell it. I went, okay. So I popped the top and took a snort, and my face turned beet red, and the weirdest feeling hit me, just <laughs> flooded my body. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> anything that makes you do that is wrong. And so I put the top back on, I handed it back to him and said, what did I just do? I don't know. Where did you get it? I don't know. I said, bro, he said, one of my friends went to an adult bookstore and he came home with it. If you want to know what it was invented for, I could tell you when you're 30. So this guy comes to school with that. Before long, I'm looking in the hallway and you see everyone in the hallway doing this. The original dab. <laughs> and they're coming up and their face is beat red. And I'll go, <laughs> teachers are walking by and they go, hey, how are you? <laughs> it was one of those things that we jumped in thinking it was cool. Not understanding that in the bottom of it was an acid tablet. Yeah, acid's great for you, right? Go lick a battery. See how good it is for you. <laughs> Don't. Do that. <laughs> Get a nine volt sticky tongue to it. Tell me how fun that is. So, we did things too. We did stupid things too because we were teenagers. And the things that your parents are going to look at you and go, that's so stupid. Don't you dare say it. But in your mind, you know you did something. You did something. I ain't no telling what it is, but you did something. But in 19, let me look at my notes. This is good. And no, excuse me. In 1612, there's this guy named John Rolfe. He lived in Virginia. And he grew the first commercial crop of tobacco. Now, tobacco is traced back to Central America in the B.C. time period. So before Christ, tobacco has been used. So I don't want you to think this is just something that's new. But, excuse me, in 1612, Rolfe realized that people want this and he could grow this and he could make money off of it. There was a company named RJ Reynolds. It still is a company. And in, let me find, 1913, RJ Reynolds came up with this thing called the Camel Smoke. Camel. And in that instant, Smoking became a popular thing in the United States. It became a social elitist type thing. It was a thing that people did and everyone accepted it because the socialites were the one that did it. You can find rare cartoons even where Fred Flintstone is sponsored by Winston Smokes. And it said, and Fred's like, when I've been working in the quarry all day, I like to, and he lights up a smoke. I can remember as a kid watching the Johnny Carson show. You would call it something different like the Jimmy Fallon show or whoever's on late night TV, but it was called The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And they sit there and smoke the whole show. It was one of those popular things. My family was affected by cigarettes. Ugh. Affected se severely by it. My mother and father both smoked. And from the time I was a kid, smoke was in our house. And I can remember as a young kid having problems with asthma that was attributed to the facts that my parents smoked. Not that my parents were trying to kill me, but just to help you understand that sometimes vices will affect a lot more people than you realize. As my parents got older and I got to the point where I was bold enough to ask them questions, I can remember sitting down with my mother and go, Mom, why did you start smoking? Because it, it broke my heart to hear my parents coughing their heads off all the time. 
It broke my heart because I knew that they couldn't feel good. The kind of sounds they were making, it had to not be good. And I asked mother, I said, how did you start? Now, my father smoked as well. I don't know when he started. He used to talk about when he was a kid, he and the neighborhood boys would get rabbit tobacco. It's just this little weed that grows out in Chilton County. It's probably everywhere, but they would get it and they would use it and they would smoke it. And it didn't do anything for you, but that's what he did. And I guess that's how he was introduced to smoking. But I've got a picture that I keep in my Bible. And it's a picture of my father when he was in the Korean War. And he's writing a letter to my mother. He told me about this picture. He's writing a letter to my mother. And uh, he's got a cigarette, a smoke, hanging out of his mouth. So he had been doing that for years. But I asked my mother, I said, Mom, how did it start for you? Why did you start? Were you like a kid when you started? She said, no, I didn't do it. She said, Daddy used to smoke, but he quit because he got emphysema attributed to by smoking. That's how his started. And so uh, I asked Mom, I said, so why did you start? She said, well, when your daddy got home from Korea, we ended up getting married. And after we got married, uh, you know, he had an airplane. And she said, I want to be a pilot too. Yeah, my parents were pilots. I can drive a stick shift. My parents flew airplanes. So my father's got an airplane. My mother wants to learn to fly. And so they come here to Clanton, and there's a guy named Charlie Wade. The airport's named after him. And he was teaching my mother how to fly. And he would say, Kendall, don't you want to teach your wife how to fly? He said, no, because if she crashes and dies, I don't want it to be my fault. (laughs) So Mr. Wade taught my mother how to fly. And after you fly for a certain amount of time, then you have to do your own solo flight. And so mother was told, you've got to do your solo flight. And they came up with the day. And she said, for a week, I was scared to death. She said, I was horrified. When I got there, I was literally shaking. And said, Charlie walked up to me and said, Sue, smoke one of these. It'll calm you down. And she did. And she never truly put them down. Smoking affected my family. My parents, uh, smoking has been attributed to helping with Alzheimer's and dementia. Not helping as in curing, but creating that in people. Both of my parents passed away from that disease, Alzheimer's or dementia. And my father had macular degeneration, which the doctor had told him could be because of the time that he spent smoking. And I can remember my father, I was driving him back from the Eye Foundation after he had laser surgery to try to stop it from spreading. And driving him back, he was really quiet. My daddy wasn't quiet that much. I said, Pappy, what's on your head, Fred? He said, I just can't believe it. I said, what is it, Daddy? He said, I did this to myself. You see, I just, I can't believe that someone would start doing something knowing the price that it would cost them could be their health. I just don't believe that when Roth started or when uh, R.J. Reynolds started these companies, they had no idea that it would cause 480,000 people their lives every year. 41,000 of those never smoked a day in their life, but were around people that smoked. That couldn't have been in their process. They couldn't have been thinking that. Yet because of this trend, like most trends, or like a lot of things that happen in our life, we don't truly consider what the outcome is going to be. We just jump in. I've told you about going to Point Mallard and jumping off the highest platform there. And in the middle of the air, I felt like I was the coolest guy in the world until I realized my arms were going out like that. And when I hit the water, my arms hit the water just like that. And it hurt so bad. Not thinking about the outcome, we just jump into things. We just jump into it. 
Jessica and I had the opportunity. Uh, we used, uh, Crossroads used to be involved in World Changers. A lot of you know about World Changers. I don't know that any of you, I think Amy went on one. I don't know if anyone else had the opportunity to go on one. But we went to World Changers, and we would go all over the southeast, and we would rebuild houses and things like that. Well, we were going to North Carolina, and Jessica was about 98 months pregnant. And so, Barry, you were in North Carolina. So we, we went to North Carolina because that's where we were doing World Changers that year. And so Jessica and I flew to North Carolina. We thought we were big dogs because we were getting to fly. And we started going around the Raleigh-Durham area. Now, Raleigh-Durham is where uh, R.J. Reynolds, their headquarters is. And as you look, there are these huge buildings everywhere. And you can tell it's an industry area, and that's what they do. That's where they made all the smokes. But we started noticing something else. As we were driving to Duke University, just so we could say we had been to Duke, we noticed this huge hospital. And then honestly, we turned and two miles past it is another huge hospital. Five of the largest hospitals in the United States are right there in that area. And so during the week of World Changers, I remember meeting with some of the people that lived in that area. And I said, I just got a question. They said, yeah. I said, what's, what's up with all the hospitals here? And they said, well, for over 100 years, this area has been responsible for creating smokes for the world. And the companies have felt guilty because now they realize what they've done. And so they've built hospitals to try to help these people. Now, they're not willing to stop doing what they're doing because of the money that they make, but they are trying to help. And it just broke my heart. It broke my heart to hear that. Like most trends, we don't really know what's going on. And, and uh, I guess 16 years ago, there was this guy in Hong Kong, and he was a pharmacist. Excuse me, he was in Beijing. He was a pharmacist. And his father had just passed away from lung cancer attributed to smoking. And so he developed the first commercial e-smoke. He got a patent for it. And so since that time, the vaping sensation has taken over the world. Now, I was curious about when people came to the realization that smoking was bad for you. And of course, you read all these articles about how cigarettes kill and all this. But it was really interesting to hear this. Uh, 36 years after R.J. Reynolds began their company, there was this guy named Dr. Richard Dahl. He was an English doctor. And he was studying 649 cases of lung cancer. 649 cases of lung cancer. He discovered out of the 649 people that had died or were dying of lung cancer, 647 of them had smoked. So it says immediately he put down his cigarettes and never touched them again. It says that he started contacting different doctors that he knew. And he started trying to warn them about what was going on with this smoking sensation that was going on. And this was... Okay, I found this on the web for trying... That's scary. You know when you're in a staff meeting, you're talking about people? <laughs> it's not good. Just kidding. We don't do that. We do that. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, and so this doctor is trying to spread the word about the harm of smoking. It says that some people have fell on deaf ears. 
But 649 people, 647 smokers. So they immediately understood that that was contributing to it. In 1962, the United States government started filing cases against the smoking companies, the, the tobacco companies, and getting them to understand that you're the reason this has happened. It's not because people are addicted. It's because you made a product that would get them addicted. And so they have paid billions of dollars out to families, but those families still lost their loved ones. And so in the midst of all that, this, this guy in Beijing comes up with a safe alternative to smoking. And it's in the form of an e-smoke. That patent was created, and for 10 years it's been a sensation here in the United States. But in 10 years, in that little period of time, People are starting to find out that as they jumped into this thing called vaping, they didn't know what it was doing to their bodies. They didn't know what it was doing to their lives. They didn't realize how it was going to affect not just them, but their children or maybe their parents or maybe the people that they see every day. In a 10-year period, what's going to happen to these people in 30 years down the road? Every time there's a new drug that comes out, you understand, or every time there's a new product pushed to society, you understand that it goes through a lot of testing. FDA has to test all these things before it's produced commercially. And somewhere along the way, there were people that said, yeah, that'll be fine. And millions of people have lost their lives to smoking. And I think today I heard the seventh case in Alabama of uh, vape-related illnesses. So companies that said there's nothing wrong with this, they either had no clue or they were more interested in money than they were interested in someone's life. So is this a big deal? Is this something bad? Folks, at some point, your body's going to break down. You don't have to try to help it. Trust me. Your body's going to fall apart at some point. You don't have to, to encourage it. It's going to happen. The healthiest person I know had hip surgery long ago. Not long ago, right, Renee? Right. Renee's like, I can run 28 billion miles. It don't even bother me. It's 700 degrees. I love I run through hell every morning. Woo! <laughs> you don't need to help the process of falling apart because your body can only handle so many miles. And all these things that we do to ourselves, have you ever thought about it? Have you heard somebody say that the church is not a building, it's God's people? How many of you have ever heard somebody say that? If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying because I just said it. <laughs> so, the church is the body of Christ. The body of Christ are the believers. We're doing a study. Uh, it's called Letters to the Church. It's by Francis Stan. It's in our circle. Francis Stan? Francis Chan. Francis Chan. So, we're doing this study in our circle group. And, and he was asking the question. He said, have you ever been in a church where they're just constantly talking bad about each other? He says, do you realize what you're doing is you're talking bad about the body of Christ, which is the temple and if you're talking bad about the temple, you're essentially taking a sledgehammer to the temple. And as we started talking about that, this whole week, I can't get that out of my mind. Could you imagine? Hallie, I'm just going to pick on you. Could you imagine Sunday morning, you get to church, you know, yeah, I got an idea. And you walk into that building over there with a sledgehammer and just start going to town. <laughs> could you? I mean, could you? Is there any reason you could ever see yourself doing that? I mean, even like if Brother Kenny heard my feelings, ah, God. I don't know if you can pick up a sledgehammer. I don't know. I couldn't imagine that. I mean, even if, the, if it was on fire, I wouldn't throw a rock through the window. I'd just be like, dear Lord Jesus, where the marshmallows? I don't know what I would do. I couldn't imagine tearing up God's house. Yet, 
If we're abusing our bodies, that's essentially what we're doing. Take your Bibles. If you don't have your Bible, go home and get it real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Starting in verse 16, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred. And you are that temple. If I jump a bicycle off of a building, in my mind, I'm like, boy... This is not just going to hurt. I'm probably going to die. And we just heard statistical facts by scientists that say if you're doing these things, this will happen to you. Not that it could. It will happen to you. The chances of something not happening to you if you decide to be a smoker. And they say that the e-vape thing is a gateway start to smoking. Doesn't mean that everyone that does it will end up doing that, but... It is a gateway. And what I found is that gateways are just that. They open the door to other things. When I was in school, everybody wanted to drink. I was part of that group. And before long, that one little can of beer didn't really give you that same feeling, so you had to go to two. And before long, you've got too many. Well, one was too many. But when you walk around with 25, 30 in your car because one wouldn't do it anymore. It's a gateway to destruction. And I praise God that he saved me from that. But these things that we jump into thinking, that's not that big of a deal. We are trashing the temple of God. God didn't lay down his life. He didn't send his son to lay down his life on the cross so we might have the freedom to kill ourselves. One of the most beautiful testimonies I ever heard was from Miss Jan, one of our secretaries. And I walked in and I heard her, she was at the top of her lungs. She said, don't you tell me that you don't have the right to do that to yourself. And she was going off on somebody. I was like, mm, Tommy in trouble. That's her son. I was like, Tommy done done something bad. She chewing Tommy out. She giving it to Tommy. He deserved it though. Tommy a knucklehead. He a knucklehead. He deserved it. But then she got off the phone. She slammed the phone. And she said, I can't even believe I took that call. I said, what was it? She said, this woman called and said she was going to kill herself because she talked to one of the preachers. And I wouldn't let her talk to you. <laughs> I said, why? She said, because you'd probably say, well, go ahead. I said, no, I wouldn't have done that. How are you going to do it? No, no, no. Here's what you need to do. No, I wouldn't do that either. But she started chewing that woman out. She said, let me ask you something. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? And the lady said, well, yes, I know who Jesus is. She said, you have no right to do anything to yourself because God loves you. And she slammed that woman, just went off on her. That lady ended up going to church with Miss Jan the next week. Just ripped her to pieces. Here's someone that consciously wants to hurt themselves, but someone else says no. God's given you the ability to say no. He's given you the ability to help someone else. Because for some of you, you would never consider doing an e-cig or a, a regular smoke or drinking or things like that, but some of your friends do it. And you stand by silently. Allowing, it, allowing them to kill themselves. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we're going to get you out of here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And as I just chewed on that scripture for a while, God just spoke this truth into my heart. And it says that a child is controlled by a suggestion. But you're not a child. You're controlled by convictions. If you've surrendered yourself to Christ, you should be convicted about things that you shouldn't be doing. And if you're genuinely seeking to walk with Christ, these things that are trends that people want to jump on board, God will convict you of rights and wrongs. One of the things I always think, thought about when I was in school, the things that I was doing, would I want my mom and daddy to be there? Would I want my parents to see it? And I have to say, I, most of the stuff I did, I didn't want my parents to be there. So that helped me understand that I shouldn't have done it. But when God is the one that you are living for, the Holy Spirit will convict you. And He won't only convict you of you doing it to yourself. He will convict you to help your friends not be a part of that. Because I will tell you this from experience. One of the hardest days of my life was when I had to bury my best friend. I was the first one to give him a drink. How about that? I said, come on, man, have a drink. And before long, drinking wasn't enough. And he started doing pills. And before long, one pill wasn't enough. And he started doing heavy pills. And by the time he got to the place where he says, I can't do this anymore... And after we cried and pled with him to never do it again, do it again, it already took damage of his body, and he died. And for the rest of my life, I'll relive the moment that I walked in and saw his lifeless body laying there, knowing that I was part of that. How could you let your friends kill themselves? How could you let your friends trash their bodies? How could you let your friends trash who they are just to be accepted? My prayer for you is that the convictions in your heart would grow so great that you couldn't stand the thought of one of your friends getting involved in things they shouldn't be involved in. Is vaping the worst, worst thing you could do? Not necessarily. There's a lot of bad things in this world. But that's one of the major trends right now that people are trying to say is okay. And I know you think I'm just a kid. It's not that big of a deal. The wave starts in the teenage years, and the ripples will carry on. Don't get caught up in what the world is. God says you are a new creation. You don't have to do what the world says because your image is deeper than what the world shines. You're in the image of Christ. Shine that image everywhere you go. Let's pray. Father, hey, thanks, thanks for, for listening time to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads.